Tiffany Micah podcast and welcome to today's episode. Finding out which coach is best for you. And the reason that this came up was last weekend, my, as I probably shared before, my, my niece's soccer team, I've been a, um, a co-coach of the, of the soccer team. And um, so my niece's actual coach, he's you know he has a different style of of coaching that I that I tend to do. He's very laid back, he's relaxed, but he's really kind. He's a lovely guy. He's positive and he's encouraging. And he's a teacher at school, so he really understands how to um, really make the kids feel really comfortable. And you know, and he does it out of the kindness of his heart. He he gives his time. And he does it for his son because his son's in the part of the soccer team as well. And he has a passion for soccer. He really loves, really loves the game. And um, so on the weekend, uh, my niece's soccer team came up against this other team. And my niece plays in the mixed team, so boys and girls. So there's the two girls in the team, so the rest of the boys. And the team that they were playing against, what I was really noticing was the the coach uh, of the other team and also how the kids were operating of that other team. And was I, I will say that I was appalled by what the coach was doing, his behaviour, but I also know that, and, and I've seen it before when, um, you know, there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of, um, you know, from parents and, and all that kind of things, some things can get out of control. So this this particular coach, which is a, a parent, which I would, by the way he behaved, I would I would get the feeling that he's actually not, hasn't done a lot of coaching in the sense of he hasn't worked with a lot of kids he hasn't had a lot of teaching experience and so so on so he's really hot-headed he was swearing you know all the f words the whole works yeah he was passionate but he was really yelling at the kids like screaming at them and so what actually happened um that really fired him up now this was just like in the game itself right so then we had two discrepancies that came up in in the game because how they've set the things up now to you know compared to when I was a kid playing sport the kids are much more protected from from the parents um uh, because we want to create a safe environment for the kids and and make sure that you know they're not being um hassled by um by the parents in in any way, shape, or form, or even the refs. The referees themselves are young as well, so we don't we want to make sure that that's not happening. Very different from when I was growing up. I used to have parents come and say specific things to me, which were not very nice. Which used to 
you know, psych me out, so to speak, um, when I was performing against their daughters in tennis tournaments and so on. Bad form, right? Bad form from a parent. If it goes on, you got to pull them up for one. But anyway, I'm talking about, I've, I've got another episode coming up about the role of the sports parent, but this particular topic, obviously, we're talking about is, is which coach is really and then how to know which coach is best for you. So this discrepancy came, there was two discrepancies that came up in this game. So the first one was there was a previous goal scored against my niece's team, uh, which was disallowed due to uh, the players, a couple of the players being offside. Fair enough. But I didn't see all that. So, um, but that was step one. So the there was the coach and the manager and they were, you know, really carrying on. And then and a little bit later after half time, the second discrepancy came up and there was this goal that was scored, but the ref had already blown the whistle and then the goal was actually scored and it was actually awarded to to our team. Now what started to happen from from that was there seemed to be some confusion about what was going on and half of the other team were and, and the, the, these kids are 11. Half of the other team were talking to the ref. Um some of our kids were talking to the ref and this coach from the other team, this this guy who's quite hot-headed and, and passionate and swears a lot and all of this kind of thing stormed on the court uh, on the on the field so he was a a big strong dude really tall dude could have been six foot two six foot three um sort of had this dominating style character about him and he stormed on the field and stood over the ref now the referee was she was about 16 years old um teenager and he was in a face and he was pointing and, and carrying on right now, I don't know what he said to her, but this situation of what's set up is the coaches are actually not allowed on the field in any way, only if there's an injury that occurs. So he was, um, you know, had this domineering or intimidating impression upon her. So I was about to step on the field, but our coach um, our coach of the team, my niece's team, he stepped on and, and went and had some words with him. And it was quite interesting watching the behaviour because, you know, the, this my niece's coach is, is, you know, a really gentle sort of guy. So he went and obviously said a few things to him and to get him off. But, and, and you know, this coach is probably about five foot six or so, thereabouts, five foot seven in height. And then we've got this other guy who's six foot two, six foot three, or, or however tall he is. And our coach had said something to him, had started walking away, and this guy, this other coach, this big six, six foot two, six foot three guy, you could see him standing over him and walking behind him. And there was obviously words that were said, but I couldn't make out what they were and so on. But the great thing about the referee was she stood aground, so we've got to admire her for that. Um, the coach that was carrying on he was removed from the field back to the sideline by by our coach and what happened after that incident was the kids performance on the other team had started to drop so we still had the other coach who was still screaming at the kids to do this that and the other 
but the performance level of the kids had actually dropped. Now, it could be a combination of they were disappointed about the result of what was uh, happening with what the referee's decision was. It could have been that the coaches, you know, the coaches' behaviour, and they may have been embarrassed by that behaviour. It could have been uh, that they didn't like the fact that he was screaming at them. But there was a big change and then the kids ended up having a, another goal scored and, and the kids won won the game. But what happened after that? Now, this is poor sportsmanship, right? Poor sportsmanship came up after that. So when the game had ended, what happens is that the teams shake hands and say thanks for the game. Again, they're 11 years old. We've got to teach them you know, how to be sports people. Right and respect the game of sport and respect their opponents and so on. The other kids wouldn't shake our kids' hands. They went off the field. The other two coaches on the opposite team had no intention of approaching us or shaking our hands either. So I went over to them and shook their hands on purpose to show that you know no matter no matter what. What they should be doing is they should be setting that example of sportsmanship. And they should be setting that example of how to behave and conduct yourself as a coach in front of the team. Because remember, we're teaching kids that are 11 years old, they're impressionable. So if they're seeing that their coach is carrying on screaming, swearing, hot-headed, yelling at everyone, how are they going to perform? Of course, they're going to do exactly the same thing. The kids on the field were pushing our kids out of the way. At that age, yeah, look, it happens in professional sport. In, in soccer, the kid, you know, they push each other out of the way to get to the uh, to get to the ball. I, however, don't agree with it. I should actually, I believe it should be done on pure skill level. And at this age of eleven years of age, it should be done on pure skill level, right? What are the kids learning? The kids are learning how to be rough, and the only way you can win is is if you push the other kids out of the way. So we want to make sure that. What we're doing is we're teaching the kids, all right? Because if you're a coach, it doesn't matter if you're a parent and you haven't had much coaching experience. Remember, the people, the, the kids that you're teaching, you're a leader and they're impressionable. So we have to make sure that we're teaching them the right way to conduct themselves. Because if you think about it for a moment, that behavior of that coach from that other team, it comes from the top down. Right? It comes from the leader. It doesn't come from the bottom up. The coach is responsible for setting the tone. The leader is responsible for setting the tone. And I've been in the sports industry my whole life and I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff go on. And I've seen this behavior before. But the thing is, is who suffers? It's the kids. The kids are the ones that suffer. And what happened is that the kids that seem to be affected by the coach's behavior, their performance level went down. That's what I witnessed. So it, it, it's not good. And I've been in the, the junior, sports, um, junior sports scenario for my whole sports life as well because I grew up playing sport, I grew up competing in lots of different sports and I've experienced, like I said earlier, I've experienced it from other parents who used to, they did, they used to intimidate me and really say not so nice things when I was competing against their, their daughter in tennis 
poor form. Right? I've been a coach most of my professional working life. And I've had discussions with parents over their behaviour towards their kids, their behaviour towards everything, right? Their behaviour towards me, their behaviour towards others. Not on. It's not on. And most, most junior sports, say like soccer or hockey, football, um, are usually parents who really want to help their kids and they help their team. So I, I get that. So with the junior sports and you've, you've got those sports like the team sports and the parent gives up their, their time to coach the kids, I get it. Right, I get it because you're passionate, you want to help your kids, you want to help the team. That's why I got involved. I love my niece like she's my daughter, like she's part of my life. Well, both of my nieces, I love them like they're my girls. And I wanted to help her and help her team. That's why I became a co-coach. But as a coach, the coach has the responsibility. And the coach has a responsibility, this is what I believe, to ensure that the kids feel safe in their environment and not threatened. And we want to ensure that the kids feel comfortable around the coach. So any coach that I've ever had, I actually was quite frightened of them, except one, except my ho- my hockey coach. She was a um, beautiful, caring woman. She was a teacher as well, and she she worked with us. She did some great things. She was easy, approachable, um, gentle in her approach, but you know, and pushed us at the same time. But most coaches that I've had, I've never. I've, I've never had a really close relationship with them where I can share my deepest thoughts or feelings or worries or concerns. I've never had anyone there to listen to what I have to say. Interesting. And you shouldn't feel frightened of your coach because you ha- how you look at it is you and your coach, you're a team and you're working together towards a common goal. This should B, also for the parents. Again, I'm going to talk about that. You'll hear that in the next episode, the role of the sports parent. But you're a team and you should be working as a team. And even though I'm still teaching golf at the moment, I work with each person individually. Even if I've got a group situation happening like a group clinic or, or something like that, I talk to each and every one of the ladies that I work with and I make sure that they feel comfortable. I want them to talk to me about their golf. I want them to feel comfortable if they're upset and they feel like bursting into tears. I want them to talk to me about it. I had this beautiful lady yesterday that I had um, a lesson with and we talked about stuff that's going on for her, how frustrated she is, how disappointed she is with behaviour of other people. And what she wants to get out of a golf. Right? But she needed someone to talk to. And that's what a coach does. A coach provides that environment for you so that you can share what's actually going on because you and your coach together are going to be working working through the problems together, working through the emotional barriers that come up. And there'll be plenty of emotional barriers. And I don't care how old you are. They come up and it's always good to let off some steam. 
it's always good to share what's going on. It's always good to get things off your chest so you're not having sleepless nights worrying about things that are coming up. So what I've put together is what to look for in a, in a good coach. So some some points here. There's about eight points here of what to look for in a, in a in a good coach. And again, this is my belief. So number one, communicates effectively. So we want to make sure that the coach is creating an environment where everyone's feeling comfortable and everyone feels safe in that environment and they have that comfort and safety that they can be open and express their thoughts and feelings. You want your coach to encourage the, the, um, the openness, right, the airing of problems, the airing of concerns. And we want to make sure that the coach also encourages each team member to listen, to be open, to express their feelings and also respect the other members of the team. Right? Because remember, it's all about building yourself as a team. It doesn't matter if you're an individual sport. If you look at the top players in the world, like I know I talk about tennis a lot, but if you look at the top players in the world, like Novak Djokovic, Nadal, right? Rafael Nadal, Serena Williams, they've all got teams. They're not doing it alone. They have their coach, they have their fitness trainer, they have mindset, all, right? All of this. So we need to make sure, though, is that there's the communication airways are open. If you've got a coach that's screaming and yelling at you and you can't communicate and you worry about what they're going to say about how you perform this, that, and the other, then it might be time to look for another one. It might be time to have a discussion with them and tell them how you feel. I want you to be thinking about that. Number two. Explains the individual roles in the team's success. So if you're playing in a team, what the coach needs to make sure is that the coach explains a valuable role of each player in the team and what each team is contributing and also what each team member is as how valuable they are because each each team member has a role. Again, it doesn't matter if you're playing an individual sport. Each team member has a role. If your team is is your coach and you've got someone that's working with you on your mindset and you've got someone that's working with you on your fitness and then you've got your parents right, or a parent, there's your team. Then you've got to lay out what the rules are, right? You've got to lay out what the responsibilities are, what their roles are so that we can build this, this, this team. Number three, sets challenging goals. Yep. Now setting challenging goals, that's what we want. We want to make sure that they're process orientated because we want to ensure that the the coach is encouraging the improvement in skill development. The coach is encouraging improvement in strategies applied in practice and in the games. It's all about developing you into a better player. The score doesn't matter. The score does not matter. The score will indicate how you performed on the day. The score will indicate how well that you're piecing all your strategies together, your skills together. If you don't win, there's areas in which you can improve. If you do win, that means that all the pieces of the puzzle you put into place that day and you performed well and you won. Fantastic. 
But we need to make sure that you're encouraged on, yes, setting goals, but the goals that are a process orientated. You've got to work on improving your skills. You've got to work on applying new strategies to develop you into a better player. Okay? Number four, encourages group or team identity. So it's being part of something that makes you feel like you belong, isn't it? So it's not only like, you know, the team gear, but it's it's all about what you're all doing together. You're all working together. Right? You're all identified as a team. Even the input from the team is important. Right? How they feel, how they think that we, that we perform. It's all collaborative, right? We're working as a team. Number five, building the belief. Now, you know, if you've been listening to me for a while, it's all about belief. Because if there is no belief, that's not going to happen. So we need to ensure that your coach is building belief in you, is building belief in the team, is focusing on self-improvement, right, and constructive feedback because it's important that we're, we not only work on improving but also the areas in which they're holding us back. We get constructive feedback. Okay, how can I improve this area, right, like, uh, for an example, this is great, Stephanie. Well done on that tackle. Now, why don't you try it this way to see if we can make it even better? Rather than, oh, that's such a bad tackle. How did you do? Why did you do it that way? Positive reinforcement. Okay, now let's look at another way that we can make it better. Number six, creating a, a team climate, like a team culture. So it's all about building the relationship within the team, isn't it? It's encouraging each member to contribute to the process of the team, the development of the team, the evaluation of the team, encourage each member to identify the problems in the team and to design strategies to overcome them, right? Each player to be um, to be encouraged to, to solve problems, building the closeness of the team okay we want the team to be working together right a collaboration number seven support a coach should be providing empathy and support to you and to other team members and the team should be supplying um, empathy and support to you and you should be to others you really need to ensure that your coach is listening when they need to listen. They encourage you, but also the same within the team culture. And number eight, fun. You know, it should be fun. You should love going to training. You should love working with your coach. Really good coaches, I'm talking about really good coaches, they create drills and games that are actually really fun. And at the same time, they, they develop you. And sometimes the, the drills and, and games that they get you to do, you're actually developing your skills and you're not even realizing it because you're really enjoying what you're actually doing. So I'm just going to go quickly back through those points again. What to look for in a good coach. One, communicates effectively. Two, explains the individual role of the team's success. Number three, sets challenging goals. Number four, encourages group and team identity. Number five, builds the belief. Number six, creates a team climate, like a team culture. Number seven, incredibly supportive. And number eight, 
lots of fun. You've got to have fun, okay? Otherwise, what's the point, right? Life's too short. Life's too short to be incredibly serious. Yeah, you can go after and achieve your goals and dreams. Go for it. I get it. I'm doing the same thing, but it's got to be fun along the way, okay? It doesn't have to be so stressful that you can't sleep at night. You've got to have some fun. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd love it if you could share with me what you like best about what you heard today. If you've got friends that you know that would benefit from these episodes, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a, um, or actually send them the link to these episodes so that they are getting value as well. And if you just have 30 seconds to spare, I'd really appreciate a five-star review wherever you hear these episodes. And I want you to dream big, believe in you, and go after your dreams. Have an awesome day. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye.